0: So this is a test for the podcast. I've got no idea what I'm doing, but Deborah, I'm thinking of you right now because you were talking about the people that you're working with with dementia and life being short. And this morning, I'm thinking about when I met my magical man in the library. So when I. I just, uh, my stepdad had died and um, two months later my real dad died and um, I missed him by an hour, my dad, and my mum was in a really bad way because she'd been my stepdad's carer for a long, long, long time. And so she didn't have a good social network and she, for six months she was uh, openly suicidal and I was her best friend, um, one of her best friends, so I was a support for her and, and, and I just remember every now and again, not very often, it's maybe happened three or four times in my life that I can think of, I get a question and it's a monumental question and it's a bolder question and it lodges in my system and I cannot function and I cannot flow until it's answered and it's strange it seems to come from nowhere it's like a gut question almost like a primordial question within me And my partner at the time was a psychologist still is a psychologist uh, one of the lecturers at the uni and he was like oh just you're being morbid just get over this question just you need to focus on life not on death and I'm like I, I this question isn't a choice it's, it's lodged. It's like I've swallowed a peach stone. It's lodged in my throat. I can't just pull it out. It's either, you know, got to be removed or it's going to go down. So I can't just yank it back out. It's too far down. It's too far lodged. And so he let me go off and do my own thing. And, and I went to sit in the library. I found a, a dead end corner I didn't want to read. I was just utterly frozen and um, stuck. And I didn't even look at what the books were in this corner. There was just a chair in a corner and it was a dead end and it was dark and that was fine. I just sat there and I just sat there and stared. I don't even know how long I was there for. And and I was immobilised and eventually a man came into that corner and he was looking for a book and he was Irish and he was probably in his 60s and in the end he spoke to me and he said I've got really bad eyesight would you mind helping me to find this book and he told me the title and as I was looking he was describing this book to me and it was poetry And as he was describing this book, his words were so beautiful that I started to cry, but it wasn't like sobbing, crying, it was like water escaping from my eyes. And I was like, oh God, like seriously, man, what is going on with you today? So he was chat, 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 chatting away, typical Irish. And every word he was saying was impacting my heart, like a pounding with beauty and wildness and poetry. And in the end, he noticed that my eyes were utterly streaming and he just carried on like that was fine. And then in the end, after a while, uh, we forgot the book and just started to talk, so he pulled up a chair he's like who are you like why are you sat here and i told him and i told him my question and my question was can you live well when you know you're dying it was a huge question can you live well when you know you're dying and it wasn't that everybody knows they're going to die someday, I don't even know what the question was exactly, but it was clear, and he said to me, I have terminal cancer. I was utterly like, what? He said, yeah, yeah, it's prostate cancer, it's terminal, Um, but I travel, and there's times when I can't, Uh, the operations and incontinence issues at times, and he said it's, but I travel, and I've always had a wild life, an unusual life, I've never had normal friends. And he told me about his life, and his poetry, and his traveling. And I swear my eyes did not stop streaming from the moment that man opened his mouth until the end. And we were sat there for hours. And I had my answer in this man His the answer was yes, yes, you can if you follow your heart. And we're still friends now. He is such an unusual character. He doesn't text he can't text he doesn't know how he has this mobile phone and he can answer a ring and he can call me but if ever I text him he replies with a letter and he always sends me gifts he'll send me unusual gifts like a little piece of a stone from an ancient monument or mugwort to make into tea or threads that I can embroider into something um patches uh, of beautiful material that I can create into something and just unusual gifts like that he bought me a book on witchcraft once he's like I'm sure you're some kind of a white witch and yeah he, he is just unusual and the funny thing is is that he didn't have a spirituality and he feels quite threatened by it and yet he believes in it in me he just calls it the magic as I share my stories with him, so yeah, it's one of those beautiful stories that at first sounds dark to other people, um, but these questions are real, and sometimes it's life flowing through us in all of its rapids, wild rapids but it's taking us somewhere. And if I didn't have that utter immobilization, I never would have met Seamus and seen the light.